It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Tyrus is here and it might work. It might not work. I'm not sure. Tyrus got a new book coming out. It's just Tyrus, a memoir. And the upcoming book is called Nuff Said, available November 21st. You could pre-order it now. I have not gotten my copy, but all I need is a week. No, you have a copy because you're in the book. So there's a there's – a, Is it coming my way? Yeah. I actually, because I had originally planned, I have it in my office, but I did not want to take away uh-huh. – I did not want to take away from, from Teddy and Booker T. I did not want to take away from that. I'm assuming I will see you again yes. before then. So today I could have shamelessly plugged my book – when we're here to talk about your book, oh, no. and I did not do that. Well, so, I just think people... But I do know. have an autographed copy for you, as Thank mine you. was. Thank you. Uh, all all joking aside, man, I love this book. Oh, thanks. I, I absolutely love this book. Well, you're in the back. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into that later. I have a few issues with that. Um, it was a little crowded, but it's all good. Um, <clears throat> those of you who can't see them, these are all blurbs. Now, presumably in the, in the world of, as I'm learning in the world of authorism and writing, it's supposed to be two. Too. And you, when someone comes to you and asks you to write a blurb for them, it's a prestigious oh, honor. So you think there's too many? I, I just I know I wrote more than this. I thought my my paragraph was solid, but uh, yeah. you know, a bold retelling of a story of two great leaders with a strong message for modern day Americans. Tyrus, professional wrestler and author of Just Tyrus. It just how do you feel about it? Little, Allison? Allison, it, do you feel as though there was anything? That I it was just very, it. very vanilla. There was not New York Times bestselling or Fox's uh, one of Fox's oh, favorite. Oh, so your title. It was just, I just felt it was a little, it was less, it's it was just kind of very upset generic. about your title. Yeah, I'm not your concerned. Your title on the I mean, blur. this Brett Bear kid, at least I'm above him. Keep going. Uh, author to rescue con- the Constitution. Apparently, Brett doesn't do anything else in his free time. Right, or to rescue the paid. So I just thought, you know, maybe a little more. But I understand. There was a long Mike line. Mike it was, yeah, I saw that. But he he got his hit TV show. He didn't say TV show. I just noticed, you know, uh, Percy Master P got a lot of. What about Master P? Don't you think you know, that was good? A successful businessman worked yeah, his way oh, up. I, hey, listen, circuit, listen, from the projects. One of the reasons why this book is so cool is, and I'm just going to be frank with you. Sometimes when, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, when uh, a Caucasian such as yourself writes about um, – African-American history, it can be kind of looked at as like uh, a place. It could be looked negatively or like where do you, but your relationships give you street credit to do that. And, and one of my favorite things, and it's the, in the beginning of the book, I, I love uh, your dedication to Jim Brown. I think a lot of people don't, I didn't know because you're not a guy, you're not a name dropper, which you know, you're not. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was one of, uh, it really set the tone for the book. Oh, because thanks. when you think about Jim Brown, his football career was legendary, but him as a civil rights guy, oh, yeah. him as a guy who kept it, called it like it was, there was no one better. And during a time when being that way was not easy to do. It's not like today where you, I can just come on the radio and run my mouth and say anything about anyone with no consequences. Right. There was consequences and repercussions. And the fact that you had such a close uh, relationship with him and uh, you guys worked together, uh, I just thought it was really, it was touching and classy cool. and just kind of set the tone. Well, and then, um and the other thing was he wrote the oh he wrote the preface to my first book the games do count because I wanted to prove that the best athlete of the century that even if you don't achieve greatness that you can learn a lot from sports yeah absolutely that was the that was the premise of the first one now um a couple of things one of the things I thought you did well in this book and and I, was that the plan 
you really showed Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T have a lot in common, even though they have nothing in common. And it's just a weird, like Booker physically growing up had all the tools, but he needed to, he was forbidden. You weren't, reading was forbidden. Not so allowed. He wasn't allowed to read. Played with the white kids, yeah, could, he, but he couldn't could go to school. Them, he could play with them, but when they went to school, quote, the door closed. And he would ask his mom, why can't I go in there? And she would tell him, like out of fear, that reading was forbidden. Bad things happened. But there was the grapevine. So he got most of his education, as most slaves did, through the grapevine where they would pass messages to the house. So that's where his educational pipeline came from. But physically, even though uh, a diet of sweet potatoes and scraps. Same thing every day. Yeah. No ginger cakes. And I'm not going to give that away. You got to read the book to know what ginger cakes are. Sleep it on the floor. Sleep it on the floor in a room. The the house was freezing in the winter. It was hot in the summer. It was was a shack. It was a shanty. Uh, And then on the other side of it, Teddy was born with a golden spoon in his mouth, had every possible advantage you could ask for, but he was physically sick as a child. He, had, he was diagnosed with asthma before it was fashionable. He had uh, some type dietary, of cholera that killed, had, his, killed his intestines. Like he literally was meek and weak, but he, was, he had a great mind. And at one point, his father says to him, doesn't matter how smart you are, if your body can't go. It's going to hold you back. So there was two. Did you? And he it, oh, he learned from. It. He compensated, yeah. and he got both bought did. weights. His both did. Him weights. Yeah. yeah, he got in the weight room, and and Booker T got in the classroom, and they both improved upon their weaknesses. Which then is in. And I don't know if that was the plan. To, was that the plan to show that even though they're completely different, but they had the same thirst for improvement and to be better. He. They both loved the self-made man. Yeah. They both uh, he loved when he picked up up when when Teddy picked up up from slavery he had a pre copy pre release copy him and Edith read it we got to meet this guy oh my goodness we got to meet this guy and he's going to be in New York let's go meet him and they meet in 1901 and that's what I think was the immediate attraction number two if you look at Teddy Roosevelt's background when he was a police commissioner he was digging at the illegal immigrants who were being these kids who were forced to work as slave labor in New York City a rich guy would normally hey i'm hanging out with the look at me i'm a police commissioner instead he told the cops get your act together stop drinking you're going to go to an academy this is the way you hold your gun this is the way you wear your uniform and then he went with the uh, with the press to find these illegal immigrants who are being abused in these sh- in these apartments in these dwellings by other people so he had a sense of the little guy the whole time. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Well, it, another thing is and uh, when he went off to become a, a cowboy, and one of the things I think that uh, this book is a, has a lot to do about their, their differences, but how they kind of share the same fire. And uh, I think it was his wife had passed and he – Same both day as had, his mom. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, and, him and Booker both had, didn't have the best luck with the ladies. Like I yeah. think they're both married three, three, three or four times. Three times. Three times, and, times uh, each. Twice for Teddy, three for uh, Booker, but his wife died. Yeah. So he goes off to become a, a, a cowboy. And he earns the respect of the men because he's doing all the work. He's not just there. And I think that is what makes – is that what's missing today? Like when you Great. look at where Booker and Teddy are, you look at their resume. You look at the things they did in between to get where they wanted to go. I think that's the message of, of yeah. this book. I don't think it's a black and white thing. 
because there was never a black and white thing to them. Not to them. Not to them in a time when it should have been. Yeah. Not now where I can come and say whatever I want. There's a – you did that so well in this book where it's like you get a, you get a taste of a book and you're like, ah, oh, and then all of a sudden it flips the teddy. Oh, and they're mir- this book, they mirror each other. And I'm a history guy. I never would have put them together the way that you have. How were you able to do that? Well, number one, reading Booker T. Washington, he starts referencing Teddy Roosevelt a lot. And then I went to Tweed, and he was running the LIU Roosevelt Center, and that's a great grandson. Yeah, I saw that. And he's also a historian, and he knew everything about Teddy. And why was Teddy real to him? Well, Teddy's wife, Edith, outlived him by 30 years. He knew her. And he heard Sagamore Hill was not a national park to him. It was great-grandma's house. Right. So I said, listen, am I overstating? He goes, listen, Teddy Roosevelt said some things that would that shows he had blind spots about race. He was a man of his times. But for the most part, this was a real relationship. The respect they had for each other was tangible. And he said, if you want any proof, go to Tuskegee. He's on the board. He's serving on the board. Read his commencement address when he's asked to be down there. They got the written address. And they got the other address. He was so overwhelmed by what he saw, the quality of students that were there, the way they all learned to trade as well as to learn to read, write, and to the, the, the uh, uh, school of higher learning. They said that what you're doing here in the middle of the South, in Alabama, at this time, is just – it's more than I ever could have thought. And then you read the rest of his speech, and I go, there's a lot here. And then you well, find out the way he went up to Ted Booker, and he said, I need recommendations. I don't really know anyone in the South. I need judges, postmasters. Give me the best person. And he did. And they did it for four and they did it for seven and a half years. Now you mentioned briefly the Tuskegee, his school. His school, I thought, was amazing because his goal was higher learning. But he also knew at the time that most African Americans were gonna be at best they could be allowed to do was manual labor. Yeah. You still had that ceiling. And he was able to get through, and there was men. There was, but the general consensus was, you higher learning, but you got to have a trade because you got to do something in between time. And I feel like that's the biggest message of this book. So it was like for men, it was blacksmithing, it was uh, carpentry, it was arch- it was agriculture, agriculture, women, it was uh, it was Seems sewing, just, teaching, yeah. things like that. And he was, you were getting your ground game together. And that's something I always preach about. When people ask me, like, well, what is your – I said, you got to have, like, a, would you let your kid wrestle? Would you let your son go in, or daughter go into entertainment? they got to ha- give me a piece of paper with something on the ground that if this extra stuff doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, here the thing was – then it wasn't an option. Like, oh, I'm going to go chase dreams. It was You didn't have that option in America at the time. It was if you want this, you've got to have this in the meantime. you got to be so good, white people have to hire you. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And when, when people started getting word, uh, Henry Ford, uh, you know, what are you guys doing down there? We need their guys. You know, uh, uh, Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie in Steel, he's like, you got un- this is a workforce down here I could have. And then others say, I'm going to go teach. I'm going to start my own. I'm going to start grambling. I'm going to start. I'm going to move on. I'm going to go into the military. They became the best sales tool for Tuskegee. So out they go. In come another 1,500, 1,500, 1,500 graduating class. Then they go out in the field. Then they come back again. And it just started exponentially growing and unbelievable that they didn't live till past 60, 59 and 60 years old. They're dead. They accomplished all this. It's stunning. That's and you you see today, you see our education system today. You see where it's a you want to you can put it on federal. You can put it on bad teachers, but there has to be a fire. You have to want it. And. Not everyone's fire starts in the same place. And in, in this case, 
Booker T's fire was started just him growing up, and he just saw the world differently. He want, he was never swayed by anything, no matter how bad. At one point, he watched one of his uncles get uh, beat within an inch of his life. Uh, he saw the separations, but none of that ever deterred him. He was like, I'm going to find a way around this or right. through this. There's that fire there. I like to compare, like I keep telling you, this story, the, this these these two men's story is so relevant today because – I think it 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 magnifies what's lacking in what's going on today. You have this great picture, and I love it. Uh, in the book, it's chapter ninety-one, and where it's like the with images of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington looking down from the wall above the blackboard. Tuskegee students learn American history in their nineteen in this nineteen o two photograph. So you can't see it at home, but I know we're on camera, whatever. But if we Fox, on, what, uh, Fox yeah. Nation, yeah, yeah. So. We've got it wrong now. Right. See, we want to rip the pictures down. Right. Instead we, of the education. Well, why wouldn't we? Because George Washington had slaves. Why would you put but, a, why would you put 1902, I think, when yeah. I could literally name members of my family that were slaves, I probably would have been more angry to sure. see the George Washington picture than I would be today. When I'm so far removed from it, and that's the cop out. It's I, I feel like this pulls the blind. I'm so glad you said that. The BS because I've been trying to. Uh, I was trying to enunciate that, and people have asked me, you know, why are we so divided today? Like, what do you? What's your message today? I'm like, I'm like, it's an insult. I mean, do I think what happened to George Floyd is terrible? Yeah, but do I think America is inherently racist? No. Do we have a past? That uh, shows a segregationist was a slavery. Absolutely. But it's an insult to the guys that work and the women that worked through it, that got us better, that gave their lives for it, that made every effort, not for themselves, but for the masses to move our country forward. Who, by the way, Frederick Douglass loved the country. Yep. Uh, Booker T. Washington loved the country. Every reason not to. He was, they, they could have stayed in Europe, Frederick Douglass, and lived a life of luxury. He was a celebrity. They have statues of him in Ireland, Frederick Douglass. That's how much they worshipped him. Booker T. Washington goes over there, and he's treated unbelievably. But he came back to America. I want to make it better. I'm going to live in the South. I'm not even going to live in the North. I'm not going to start a school and leave. Like I'm going to go in the South, and I'm going to make things better. And I'm going to see the lynchings and the Jim Crow laws and the poll taxes, and I'm going to pick my spots to make it better, and 1,500 at a time, I'm going to graduate people that will prove to anyone there is no difference between the races. It was one of the best colleges at its time out there. And it just goes to show with limited resources, or he, and he often talked about how he would get donations with, you know, strings attached, you know. So it wasn't he was going, and while all this is going on, uh, Theodore Roosevelt is at the same time he's building – now he was obsessed with Abraham Lincoln. Abraham right. Lincoln was his guy. You know, he put again. He put Do you the see the picture of, the of him? Yes. Of the yeah, and he even uh, I think it was a quote in the book where he says whenever he makes a decision or he's thinking on something, he would look up at the Abe picture because he assumed Abe would do the same thing, which made me laugh because if Abe was looking at his own picture, that kind of makes ah. him, <laughs> makes him a jerk. But whatever. Uh, but it was. Uh, well, thanks, when, man. When you look, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but there's so much if. This is a book you read with your teenage sons and daughters. This is a book that you, you read out loud because right. the message is so strong. But if you read, it's like the history is always the blueprint of what's going on in the future. Right. And I think we can read their stories and look at what's going on today and we can really break it down to one thing. Americans have become very lazy and spoiled and they will use misinformation 
to be complacent. I don't want to go to school because George Washington's pitcher's on the ball. Uh, BS. I got George, you. Freed slaves got to pick. We got to pick our last names. Washington, <laughs> Jefferson. That's a great Abraham point. Lincoln, and he picked Washington. And he picked Washington. Tyrus, thanks so much. I look forward to uh, picking up your upcoming book, Nuff Said. And I assume uh, I'm in it. I hope it's okay. But listen, I will see. Listen, it, it, I will, listen, and you're going to interview would, me Saturday night on One Nation, right? Yep, yep. All right. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, if you have not, right. seriously, right. pick this up. It's and worth was this reading. intimidating to see me stand like this? I was more focused on the book. Next but, time I'll focus on you being intimidating. Last time you hear you ripped the microphone off. So I'm glad the violence true. is so we're, we're getting better. But, yeah, you're, you're good, man. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.